0: The views and opinions expressed in the following podcasts do not necessarily reflect those of the producers, the affiliates, or digital platforms hosting this podcast. All content is for the purposes of education, conjecture, and at times, entertainment. We promote inclusiveness and diversity. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Into the Deep with Jay Castor. i it. Welcome to Into the Deep. I'm Jay Costa. I am ecstatic about today's guest. He's a co-founder of the Eastern Connecticut Paranormal Society. Today's guest is Chris O'Connor. He's been a gifted medium for as long as he can remember. And as a child, he was understandably confused on what was happening to him. So over time, he was able to overcome his fears and gained confidence in his abilities with his mother's knowledge and guidance of being a medium. His gift has become stronger throughout his adult years, and back in 2017, Chris was even able to assist a Florida family in the case of their missing son. Though he doesn't like to refer to himself as a medium or a psychic, but rather as someone who is spiritually gifted. Chris doesn't like to rely on his spiritual gifts. He uses them with the help of technology, logic, reason, and deduction when performing these paranormal investigations. We talk about so much in this episode, We talk about spirited and haunted homes, EVPs, and more. Be sure to check out this episode, as this is going to be the first episode where, yeah, we're going to give you about an hour of this conversation. But the second half of this two-plus-hour exchange is going to be available through our Patreon. So join me as we seek light and journey into the deep with Chris O'Connor. Enjoy. Chris, thank you so much for doing this with me today, man.
1: No problem. Anytime. I love doing podcasts. I love talking about paranormal. Uh, I hope you have a few hours or a couple of shows. Right on. Let, let's do a couple shows. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I love that. That's great.
0: And I love talking paranormal as well. So for our listeners and our viewers, would you mind sharing who you are and what it is you do, my friend?
1: Uh, I'm Chris O'Connor. I am a co-founder of Eastern Connecticut, Paranormal Society, based out of all over Connecticut, I guess, all over New England, we travel. Right on. How long have you been doing this? Big... Okay. Yeah, no, how, um, long, how long have you been uh, at this, <laughs> my friend? As far as the paranormal team that we've yeah. been together since uh, officially formed February of 2016, uh, my co founder and I met each other uh, at a very famous place in Connecticut. A very well-known spiritual, haunted, demonic home on Halloween of 2015. So by chance, we—I'm from—I'm an hour from there, and he's an hour from there, and we ended up meeting there, and connection ever since. That's awesome, man. Uh, pardon the pun, but kindred spirits. I would surmise. I would. <laughs> We definitely would say that we have an incredible amount of similarities mm. um, right down to the point where my name is Christopher David. his mother almost named him David Christopher and it's like he's a middle child I'm a middle child uh, we share a lot of the same uh views on life uh, we'll leave it at that' uh, we'll, um we have the same science background oh,
0: wow.
1: or similar science background and um, and it was meant to be um, I'm a gifted psychic medium I have been my entire life and David um, discovered he knew there was something something going on in his life but it was until you, when he met me like I hear that. When he met me, um, I was able to bring it out. So, our processes of finding evidence psychically, verified scientifically, works. We connect it. I mean, and I'm 25 years older than him. No kidding. Yeah.
0: That's awesome it's just such a wonderful feeling when you meet somebody that you just work so well with. And it's just like, it, it clicks. And for whatever reason, you know, it takes our life path to finally intersect with this individual, whether it's this lifetime or another lifetime. And,
1: and you just know it when you know it. Yeah. It, uh, it, I mean, we laugh about the same things. I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, it's, I don't want to say it's like a bro- romance or anything like that. It's just, we're good. We work well together. Um, uh, we're good problem solvers. Uh, we get to the bottom of almost every case that we've been on. Um, and I can honestly say the cases that we don't to the bottom of is because of the client. They don't, they haven't trusted our process.
0: Hmm. I love that you say that. So could you, if you, if you wouldn't mind, uh, walk us through The process right like obviously you you care about uh you know getting down to the brass tacks of things right and you're using deduction and you you want to get down to the truth that's the impression that i get from that's actually
1: our mission statement Mm -hmm. right there in a nutshell is to find the truth by any means now um most paranormal cases can be debunked for various reasons uh i use this for Example, one of our first cases on in Western Connecticut was one of their claims was dad knocking on the wall, and it was uh, creating a paranormal environment. So, um, my day job I'm a general contractor, so I do I use that skill. I walked around the house and then looked around and see what could it be? Could it be the plumbing? Could it be anything? So we would did a tour around the outside of the house and I discovered a tree very close to the house. And I said, David, go into the house and see if this is what you hear. And I banged the branch on the house and yeah, it sounds like knocking on the wall. I cut the branch, your paranormal activity is over. It's some, it just, most of the time it's that simple. Mm -hmm. Uh, David was on a, uh, he was doing preliminaries for a case uh, where the client was seeing apparitions, and uh, it turned out that he asked, where is your electrical panel? Well, it's in the basement, and where is it in the basement? And they thought about it, and it was, it's, uh, I guess it would be located right under our bed. We said, move, David said, move your bed. Um, high EMF can cause hallucinations. It's a scientific fact. So before we call, say you're seeing apparitions, let's see what else is going on. They moved their bed; the paranormal activity went away. Um, so they were affected by high EMF. So we actually talked to them more about that. So that's something that not everybody is affected by high EMF, uh, but this this couple happened to be. So we counsel them on avoiding high EMF areas. Um, you know, if you start. If you're picnicking under power lines, you start seeing, you know, spirits, then move, you know, it's the power lines. And if you still see them, then then we'll keep going. We have a very firm belief that we won't overstep a medical issue. to say it's paranormal. We've had cases where uh, after interviewing them and seeing their behavior, um, identify that they definitely are going through, or in the middle of, or beginning to have a psychosis Mm -hmm. of some sort. Um, So my medical training, although I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist, I've been trained to identify triggers or flags, and then I would refer those people. In same same instance, I'm like, okay, this woman clearly has a psychological issue. Mm. It was her paranormal activity started after after she ran into, literally ran into, um, her attacker from when she was a teenager. Mm. Um, he was released from jail, and then the paranormal activity started up again. Oh, so, but with her, it was a challenge because she rather it been paranormal versus seeking out medical attention because you know crazy or she you know she could not, not that she was crazy you said this trauma mm-hmm. created an environment a paranormal environment uh i do a lot of that uh a lot of counseling one of my uh responsibilities on the team is spiritual counseling and it's not so much religious counseling um although that comes in too but spiritual counseling uh, a lot of, i've dealt with three-year-olds up to 90-year-olds going through a uh a paranormal situation but it again then it was been brought on by trauma Um, have you heard the term psychokinesis yes okay psychokinesis is real i mean they've been doing years hundreds year hundreds of years or hundred at least a hundred years of studies and it's a real thing where and it used to start off in just uh prepubescent or pubescent females, but at the time of the st- beginning of the study, only women can be hysterical and men couldn't be hysterical. So um, that's since changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so it happens to any- anyone. It can happen to any sex, any gender, um, any age. Um, it's not just primarily to psycho or, uh, prepubescent or pubescent uh, children. Um, I'm counseling a, a woman now, she's in her 40s, but she's um, going through, she had gone through some trauma and PTSD pe- plays into this. And, um, and PTSD, um, obviously, is not just for the military, it's for any type of trauma. Yeah. So when it gets too bad, it's okay. I think it's time for you to go speak with a person. A psychologist, a therapist. Mm-hmm. You might need be on medication. I'm not a big fan of medication, but it, if it's needed or it warranted, it, it's warranted.
0: Mm-hmm. Let me ask you if you don't if you don't mind sharing. Um,
1: what... I don't mind sharing most things.
0: Oh, awesome. Well, what got <laughs> you on this trajectory? Um, I, I know you said earlier that you experienced some things at a younger age. So, would you mind sharing oh, some of those?
1: Oh, I've been at. Uh, like I said, I I used to call myself gifted or intuitive and then, or because I hated the term medium because it's Mm. so overused, but it confused many people. And then if I say psychic, that means another thing. And so I put the three together, gifted, psychic, medium, and I added gifted because there has been a run. It's almost like the flavor of the month thing of going to a class and learning how to become psychic. And I have trouble with that um, the whole understanding. I, I picture somebody waking up in the morning and said, Hey, I want to become a psychic today. So I'm going to look for a course online and become a psychic. I don't begrudge those people for doing that. Um, I believe that ones that are successful have already been a psychic. Mm. The, um, the others are just trained to read body language, interpret uh, responses, um, you know call you know call out a number. Oh i you know what does the number five mean to you? Well the number five can mean something to somebody mm-hmm. almost all the time. But um, but those that are successful certified mediums or certified tickets probably already had always had to be good. It it's it goes along to there there are people who can sit down and play the piano beautifully without a lesson Mm. and then those are those who have to be taught how to play well and that's that's how i compare you know it's a gift it's a gift from god and that's how i see it um i'm very christian i believe in uh god the father the son and the holy spirit and i use that to my benefit i don't charge for readings um because I see that as a gift, this is something God gave me to use for humanity. But my earliest uh, memory of being psychic, I would say I I would have to have been three three or four years old. Um, I saw uh, a Native American spirit. I saw a, um, I guess a laborer or construction worker. um, and I would talk to my mom about it and like and she was also gifted. So she was able to counsel me through my years. I was um, I wasn't allowed to promote it as you, while I was a teenager, it was something that stayed in the family because when I was growing up in the Christian church, it wasn't looked highly really upon. Mm-hmm. And um, to avoid any kind of family embarrassment. We just kept it in the house. In fact, many of my brothers and sisters didn't know that I had this. Hmm. It was more or less a secret between my mom and I. How cool. <laughs> it, it was. I did uh, my first profile when I was 16. Um, and I just recently did one in 2017 for the Bureau, well, for a family in Georgia. Um, and it assisted the Georgia well, of investigation. Hmm.
0: Um,
1: and now I use it. I use it to help. I'll stop it there. I used it to help people, um, either communicate with a loved one or um, paranormal teams identifying spirits that are interacting with the home. Um, as my team like to laugh about it, I'm their biggest tool, and. Yes um so i you know that's how we how i work um i have the ability to see auras um and identify them and when it comes to cases it's helpful because i can see how the client is interpreting or responding to the spiritual activity that's going on in their house and also see if there's any kind of muckiness or graying um in Particular areas that also could create a paranormal environment. So that's helpful there. I have the ability to automatic write and automatic draw. Um, I I get my messages that way. Um, There, my team gets very impressed when I draw draw out a. I don't say near perfect. It's certainly not a not a picasso by or it's actually probably closer to picasso than <laughs> anyone um but i'm drawing out these images in the dark completely in the dark wow um when i get these messages it's almost like um my spirit's guide are holding a flashlight over my pad so i can see it and see what i'm drawing it's pretty amazing um and i again i give thanks to my maker for giving me these wonderful
0: gifts i love that that's so awesome and i love the fact that you see it as a gift
1: that's oh most of the time it's a gift
0: <laughs> yeah well yeah i would say then you know if we can you know thinking about this that that double edge to it right that blessing and a burden i'm sure
1: because uh, i'll be doing a presentation and they'll say gee i wish i had a gift and i said what would you wish for it's um sometimes it's insane you know sometimes i think i'm going insane Um uh, there's times when I'm like, all right, you know, enough is enough. I'm, I need to shut it off, and you know, I'm done. Yeah. You know, it's. I'm not sure if you have children, but um, it's sometimes it's like that four-year-old child going, "Daddy, daddy, 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 daddy," hugging at your your pant or your shirt tail, "Daddy, daddy, daddy," until you give them the attention you want. They mm-hmm. want it's uh it's can be that annoying, and um, I never wished it away. Um, I just know how to manage it. And then say, hey, the close sign is on. Um, Mm. You know, you need me to come talk to me tomorrow. Um, And it's just a way, talk to me later. It's usually about five minutes and then I'm okay. And then I talk to (laughs) Going through a grocery store, going through a concert. Um, It's uh, very crowded, if you will.
0: (laughs) hmm how do you how do you put that proverbial close sign up what are some things um, that you do
1: it's it's more or less a visualization of a switch cutting the switch off hmm. it's you know and i'm i closed uh, there are times they still get through and those are the ones that are really needing my attention going back to the child analogy they are still tugging up my shirt tail and they don't care that the light is off or the the, the uh open sign is been turned or closed um and then it's okay i give me five minutes and i i will uh i'll deal with i'll you know help you out um but for the most part they listen and um crazy when i'm trying to do readings or doing a uh a session, the the open sign is on, and others will try to come in. Oh, and, I, and I'm like, wait a minute! <laughs> I'm working with her right now. Mm-hmm. I will deal with you later. And it's really setting up boundaries, setting up rules. Just like you know, when you know, when uh, therapist is in, you know, other patients can come in, right? So it's mm-hmm. basically kind of the same thing.
0: And I love the the point that you bring up too. Just like it, just this courtesy, this kindness—I feel like that—that that kind of energy is probably well received, rather than something that's a little bit more abrasive.
1: It is. I—I I attempt to be kind um, mm-hmm. because, particularly with the people that are going through a crisis. Um, but then there's times when I have to play the father card, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. No you have to do it this way, or I I, I have to walk away. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's those that are, aren't following the process or I give them valid suggestions and they may try it, but not believe that it's going to happen. They'll try it without and not giving it their full intent mm-hmm. and it won't work. So they want something else. Well, no, I asked you to do it this way. and You didn't do it that way. So first try to do it this way. And then after a while, when there's just those who want help, but don't want it. So you gotta, gotta walk away or you're just going to go kind of bonkers. Yeah. Or your family think is going to start going crazy. For you. Yeah. Cause I, I get calls and texts all time, all times of the day. Wow. And my wife is a third shifter. So if, when she's home, Hey, you got a text. Wake me up three o'clock or four o'clock in the morning. You got a text. And I'm like, all right. It's like I'm always on call. Wow. Wow. But I try to be kind, and I try to um give my best to these people, um, particularly the young ones, the the children. Um, they usually are in families that didn't have a support system like I did, mm-hmm. so. Um, I try to be their support listen. Um and you know, for the most part, I'm you know, I'm pretty successful with getting them where they need to be. Right on. I don't want to vote, but brag, right, but that's yeah, no,
0: that's right. great.
1: You know, when you listen, just like anyone, when yeah. you listen to a plan intently mm-hmm. and wholeheartedly, there's usually success. Yeah. It's hard for folks to sometimes stick
0: to the plan. You know, we're all guilty yep.
1: of that. <laughs> um, well, they, they, a lot of them think they have their answers. They have the answers before they ask me the
0: question. Ah, great segue. Cause I was just thinking like, how often is it that somebody already thinks the outcome is what it is? And so they're looking for the evidence to backfill that story.
1: Well, that's, that that works. in that fits two scenarios. Um, you know, uh, in the, Psychic reading world um, and the paranormal side, you have to follow the evidence. Now, if somebody comes to me and says, you know, they come in with intent, well, no, it's got to be my dad, it's got to be my dad. And I'm clearly saying, no, it's not your father, it's this person. Now, why would that person come to me? He has no reason to come to me. Well, he does. This is the reason. And same thing within the paranormal field, you know. The client will say, "I have demons," and then if a paranormal team went out there with a mindset, okay, they have, they have demons. Not proving they have, demons. so you got to kind of, you have to follow the evidence. Now, my psychic evidence would be okay. Who's coming to? Who's standing for me? Who's giving me the message? Right. You know, when I say he's clearly saying his name is John, you know, and he looks like this, you know, oh, can't be. Well, oh, who else could it be? <laughs> You know, you know, um, you're you're confirming that yeah, That sounds like John. It looks like John, and it's, his name is John. But it can't be. him. Well, then, so he's you he must have you must have a spirit deceiving you. Well, I've been doing this for uh, I'm just turned fifty seven. In fact, um, and I've been doing this a while, so I'm pretty sure when I'm being deceived. I mean, I, yeah, every now and then one gets by me, but I'm pretty sure I catch a deception. And the same thing with the paranormal field. You have to follow the evidence. Um, if you they say they're having demons, you find no evidence of demons, either psychically and scientifically um, through evidence collection. Then it's it's our job as the paranormal team to um, disprove that theory and show them what it actually is and believe it or not there are people that know it's still a demon it's a demon they'd rather, be, they'd rather have a demonic attachment or uh, involvement than no it's just aunt mary she was pissed off one night and this is what happened <laughs> right. right yeah, yeah. It, you know now she's not no <laughs> oh, it's a demon okay <laughs> if you insist yeah. you keep it up it's going to be a demon yeah <laughs>
0: I know recently um, you had done, well, I, I say recently, but within the past several months, you have done some investigative research uh, at the Wyndham Inn. Is that correct? Awesome. Place. Oh, gosh. Could do you care to elaborate? And, oh, and sure, just... sure.
1: Um, I, I like to tell the story how I got in. Um, I was actually on my way to a paranormal case. And um, I've passed this place several times. I know very little about it, although I grew up two towns over, I knew very little about the inn and the history behind it. But when I would drive, I would see spirits around the building, in the building, but from all different eras, from when it was built, from, you know, 1800s, 1900s, Mm. um, different spirits. So I'm like, gosh, I'd like to get in there just to validate what I see. Um, and one night I was driving by and I saw a sign help support the Wyndham Inn preservation group. Um, basically, they're looking to raise money to uh, preserve and restore the inn. It's in—it's actually condemned. In and they're trying to raise money to, um, you know, bring it back to its glory. Hmm. So I said, ha, ah, here is my inn. Um, this is how I do it. I contacted the president of the board and I say, hey, I'd like to present this opportunity to you. I would love to come, my team and I to come in there and investigate the end. And then when we're done, um, we will come back with the evidence, all the evidence that we found, do a reveal, but in a presentation form. Um, and then you guys can charge admission the presentation, we do our investigations for free. We don't, we don't, we don't charge for investigations. You guys can charge whatever you want for per ticket, and um, we ask for like a, a dollar ahead. That's all we ask for for the presentations because we do have administration costs. But as far as the investigation goes, any investigation, we don't charge. Um, they said that sounded like a great idea. We did a. a a daytime walk through um, November first week of November uh, because there there's no utilities, no facilities, nothing in this building. Completely wow. dead, if you will. <laughs> um, no running water, no electricity, uh, no telephone. No. So we did a walk through. I also I did a walk through more for two reasons. One to see what I. Yeah. See if something comes. And let me tell you, things came or people came, and also put my general contract on Make sure it's safe. You know, we want to make sure that it was. You know, it's a it condemned building. Don't want to be walking through a, a room and fall through a floor. Right. Um. So we did the walkthrough during the daytime, and then a week later we did the investigation, and it did not. Just, Not, not did not disappoint. Uh, We captured two apparitions, one on film and one on video. Wow, Uh, captured hours of audio evidence, and it wasn't just bumps or groans. It was, um, is this you, Elizabeth? Yes. Um, think you know that's an example. Um, Um, did you die in this building? No. Did you die on the land? Yes. Um, and then even uh, EVPs; those most of those were through a spirit box. And you know what a spirit box is? Uh,
0: yes, I've heard, I've heard them referred to.
1: Yes. Okay, so for, for those um,
0: listening, please elaborate.
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> a uh, basically it's a, a device that does a radio sweep very quickly um, through FM stations, and it creates this white noise energy. And the theory behind it is that spirits can tap into that energy and speak through the spirit. And, um, it's where I, now that I've been doing it for so long, I can hear different voices before it would be okay. Male voice said this and female voice said that, bow voice said this. Now I can identify different, male, different voices. Okay? Oh, okay. This has a different tone and he's answering this one. I mean, and even in one case, not, not the wind of men, but in another case, um, we asked who was there and he said, this is Kurt. And Kurt is the one who committed suicide in the house. And it was like, okay, we're speaking to Kurt. Right. <laughs> it's not, I mean, that's beyond coincidence. So back to the Windham Inn, um, we captured a lot of responses through Spirit Box and a lot of responses through, or, or several EVPs, electronic voice phenomena. That's when um, there is no spirit box. You ask a question and you get a response. You don't hear it at the time, but when you go back and listen to it, you hear the response. And, um, in the basement is where we got the two, two prominent class, what they call class A EVPs. Um, it was in the, in my vision, there were, um, a group of I'm not sure if they were African American or they were just so dark and dirty, and they were dressed in bags and such. Um, I I wanted to lean away from African Americans just for the fact that I didn't want to jump down that um, uh, the uh, I just lost Underground Railroad. Mm. I didn't want to go down that path yet. Um, but um, the walkthrough there was just maybe three spirits in huddled in a corner when we back on when we went back for their actual investigation there was more and there was a mother figure and you know psychically i'm asking can i help you i mean can i show you where to go i mean you don't need to stay here in the basement you can move you can go out you don't have to stay here and our evp was um help my children Hmm. I'm like wow and then later on there was a a response to a question i don't remember the question and the response was please and it was the same woman's voice so that's pretty powerful so we are doing a a, a repeat investigation and that's going to be one of the areas that i focus on um and we'll have another presentation. um it was a huge success they sold out in three days Wow. They actually sold out in a few days and added 25 seats. And then those 25 seats sold right away um, within the day. And it was, people are um, very, well, one, they're interested in the paranormal. And two, they're interested in, they were interested in the Wyndham Inn. Yeah. Awesome place. Awesome place. And I was so excited to go in to get a lot of validation, um, and which I did. We captured it. Like I said, I captured a ton of that. Okay. I can actually send you some if you wanted to include them in the podcast. Sure, Would all right. Love so to. I, I can send you some of um, the clearer, uh, story the storyline behind the main story is Elizabeth Shaw. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a conflict in the story because. Her, her story was in, happened in 1840, 42 or something like that. But the inn wasn't built until in or 1783. Her, she died in 1742 or something. Okay. But so there's, again, more research that has to be done. And I have my theory into why Elizabeth is there now, um, But the story behind Elizabeth Shaw is that he uh, became pregnant and unwed. So in 1740s, that's a no-no. Right. Um, And um, and in action, they have, there's rumor of this, but there's no, you know, uh, documented proof who the father is. But I was shown that her father did it. Her father her. Gotcha. So um and the storyline I got from Elizabeth was that she was shameful. She killed her baby. Mm. She 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 went away, she went into the woods to have her baby. She hit her pregnancy, went into the woods, had her baby, left it there. Wow. They found out um and uh tried her very quickly um, without proper jury. Um, and hung, she was hung, you know, half a mile from the inn. Um, um, and they, the story is that there are people that see this white lady mist walking by the inn. So they believe that she's attached to the inn. Hmm. I think she ended up in the inn because somebody asked her to come forward when, because the inn used to be a tavern then it went into an inn and then um, in the at the end of world war ii there was a housing shortage so the current owners turned it transformed it into apartments okay i think at that time frame i think somebody maybe did a ouija board or did a conjuring of sport asked for elizabeth to come in so it brought her energy into the building And there, and then just this, its story just manifested. That's one theory. That's my theory. Um, The other theory is that there was another building on the property where the inn sits prior to 1843 or 1883. I don't see 18, it's 1783. I'm sorry, I keep saying that wrong. But 1783, Um, there was a building prior to that. um, And that was, that's the association with Elizabeth Shaw. So she was our main character of the investigation, um, and we got um, responses like death. Um, uh, you know, I believe it was me. I asked Elizabeth, "Why are you here?" And spare box responses: I killed. Um, and then we have other other responses um, throughout history. I guess they, we have asked, "How did you die?" And then. Not necessarily directed to Elizabeth, but the spirit that was there at the time. Uh male came forward and said blast. Um, so it could easily have been um a spirit from one of the wars. I mean, we've mm-hmm. had a few of them in that in our time frame. Right. Um it just uh there's again there's you know two centuries of Almost, you know, two and a half centuries of spirits that are stuck to the end. So it was really cool to get information from. You. I'd say,
0: and you said you got some apparitions captured.
1: Wow! And um, and again, uh, to get photo or video evidence of an apparition is extremely rare. I want to point yeah. that out. Extremely, extremely rare um it's only really only happened to us once or twice in the six years that we've been together um if you go to our facebook page and look up lillian rose you'll see a fantastic um video of an apparition of uh, lillian rose as a little girl and again we were in a spot where we thought the case was boring nothing was happening and then when, when we went back and looked at evidence. Lillian Rose shows up it was pretty remarkable but in um, there's photographic evidence of a uh, someone standing in a window and it's not a um there's no fake it's a shadow okay. there's no facial um and at first I thought well maybe it's peeling paint and it it's it's going in a shape of a body gotcha and I'm like so when we we did go back before the presentation to do some debunking. And um, I went into that room and the, there's no signs of uh, peeling paint. There's, there's no light source because hmm. there's no electricity. Um, it was during daytime. So that was our, you know, one light source. Um, it was none of our team members because we knew where everybody was. There were four of us there at the time. I was with one. Um, Eli, another member, he was actually with the president, the board, at actually at her house at that point. And then David, the co-founder, he was walking around doing a video shot. Um, this picture's on the second floor. So nobody was in the building. We, we can confirm that. So then I said, well, maybe it's the paint. Go up there, walls clean. I'm like, we try to reproduce the photo, mm-hmm. but reproduce the photo. So, um, Eastern Connecticut, we never go on the on record for saying something is hundred percent apparition. We're we would say that this is high probability that we captured the shadow of an apparition. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always those doubts. There's always you know with the paranormal. There's no way to do hundred percent proof. Although Lillian Rose is pretty darn close. Um, And the other apparition that we caught was on video. And it it started off as, we well, it was maybe a light anomaly. And then um, through a lot of, you know, manipulating of the the film, you could see it a little bit different. Um, You actually, you see a light anomaly come forward, but behind it, you see the shape of the, the person. Mm, okay. And it you know we thought it's a busy intersection, you know, maybe like through a window. All the lower all the lower windows where um where the light was found or noticed are all blocked off with plywood. So the likelihood of light coming through the glass is been is gone. Mm. Not gonna happen because um then we said, well, maybe it was a flashlight oh, it's dark. we're using flashlight um so we we recount the space and where we were, and in the video, you hear us in where this is apartment two, where you can hear us in the kitchen, which is two rooms behind where the light was seen, and there was a. There's several walls for that light, and the last thing. I mean, six hours of footage. It only happened one time. Wow! So um, it's all those things kind of add up, plus with uh, the vision that I had earlier was of the what I, I call her the barmaid, or I'm not sure exactly what her title was. But she fit in that kind of role okay um she came in and I said, go ahead touch David and you psychically I don't say it aloud I said go ahead touch David you and know, David allows it you go ahead and touch him um as soon as I said touch him to him he jumps and turns around and like what was that <laughs> and um so that who we believe is showing up in that room um the room that we were in um, during the time of the inn would have been the common room. It, it wouldn't have, because it had a very large fireplace, so it probably would have been like a parlor or something like that, so it would be it would be uncommon for um, for her to go in there and on mm. gas or so on. Right. So it, all these little things add up to the big thing. And sure. so we pretty much say we captured the um, photographic and video of an apparition and it's awesome because most of the time we're looking at the stuff at 10 11 12 at night and you're you're uh it comes up on your screen and you're like you your face gets like two inches from the screen what did i just see what did i just where's and then you try to you know rewind to get to that spot again it's pretty crazy same thing with uh evps you're it's two o'clock in the morning because it's the only time you can find time there. Listen. And you get this devilish get out, and you like, throw your headphones across the room. Mm -hmm. You know, that didn't happen with the window men. Um, the window men was what we would say would be uh, malevolent, it was just Mm Eastern Connecticut. We categorize um, ghost visitations either by we call them spirited homes or haunted Mm -hmm. homes. Spirited homes is friendly; they don't hurt you. Haunted home has more of a negative sound to it, so we we leave those four of them a because You have a haunted home, gotcha. But the end is spirited, quite spirited. Um, I it was, it's, I, I'm, I'm so passionate and so excited. It was such a great investigation, and the, um, and that's our goal for 2022 is to get into historical places versus. Not just residential. We love doing residential. Sure. We like, But we also like doing historical places, like the Wyndham Inn. Um, you know, um, if uh, the curator of the Nathan Hale home is listening, answer your email. I emailed you twice.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> just my own little
0: plug. I love that. Yes, Uh, please do. If anyone's listening, you've got some ins, no pun intended, but you've got some ins. Let's, uh, let's get some investigating going on.
1: You know, and we use the same, I'll use the same thing. You know, we get into these historical places and Mm -hmm. we do the presentation and they can raise money for their cause. Right. Um, and our next one with the window man, we suggested that they would seek out a larger venue, um, and charge a little bit more money they're going to do they can do a lot better i mean they sold 100 tickets wow um, but it's like let's uh there were, were our page blew up i can't buy any tickets i can't buy the tickets i can't buy the tickets because they're all sold out um they're sold out already they, only, they just went from the on they just went up for sale and i'm like oh i didn't think they'd go that fast either, but. So, um, Eastern Connecticut's right around the corner and I like to seeing them go in there that Coliseum can, or the theater can hold quite a few people. Right on.
0: And, and how, I mean, gosh, it, the, the amount of sure. patience you have to have to sort through the footage, you know, the <laughs> recordings. I mean, I, I don't think people realize the amount of time and energy it takes to just comb through the evidence or before
1: you find most the evidence don't. yeah most don't um we do a presentation it's uh it's titled um investigating the unknown it's basically paranormal 101 mm. um go through our process and the amount of time that goes into an investigation now we were at the window. we had cameras run from 8 to 12 30 um, so four and a half hours wow. of video footage of watching dust fly, you know, um, right. and it's it's painful. <laughs> I mean, if it, it gets a little a like, little bit more exciting if we're in the room with the camera, right? You know, something else to watch, but um, you have to watch every second of every piece of the film because otherwise you're going to miss it. You're going to miss something. Um, And like I said, it's very rare that you capture video evidence. So you kind of want to, you know, it's like, I'm not going to capture anything, anything, you know, and then you do. You know, like, oh, now I need to listen. Now I need to really watch. Um, But we do that all the time. We are diligent. We watch from zero, zero, zero all the way up to come and they upload in 45-minute slots. Wow. Watch every second of it. Um, Sometimes we capture uh, voice phenomena through the DVR camera. Um, But most of the time you're sitting there watching dust fly. Uh, Audio evidence is a little bit better, um, particularly if you have spirit box activity, you can listen to, you can actually listening to words, but if you're doing like a 30 minute EVP session, it's, Terrible, um, because catching EVP is very rare, mm-hmm. um, and it is. You, you, there's count. I mean, we, you think about it, okay, if you do a four hour investigation, that's and that we only did four because it got cold. You know, we did this investigation in the middle of November, wow. and it just and it just got cold. And when you get cold, you can't concentrate. So we left it around twelve thirty. But <clears throat> excuse me um most of the time it's six to eight hours of sitting in front of a screen watching dust fly right and it's incredibly it's you know and it's not always that exciting during an investigation here you're sitting in the dark and you're speaking out to darkness and you hope you get a response um and again when you're doing spirit box spare box session it's a little bit more exciting because you're getting you're actually getting interaction for some sometimes you're getting interaction um but to really do a good investigation you know, you have to you know pursue every avenue and find trigger objects trigger objects are helpful um you know if the client says you know the the toys come on by themselves So we're going to do that we're going to try to be in that room where the toys come on by themselves or we'll bring a toy that has the ability to come on by itself. Um the famous ball rolling down the stairs will try that. Um it's never happened. Never <laughs> we've never been successful with that <laughs> because yeah, I think the, some of my or maybe not so I think a few of us would probably uh need to go change their clothes after <laughs> That's that's saying it politely. Um, there are times when um, each and one of us on the team has been so scared, like, okay, mm-hmm. I've had enough of this being scared tonight. I'm done. Um, so, again, it this presentation that we do, we go through all of these steps, um, and it's there's hours, there's hours even before we get to the house of research. Um, Researching the property, searching the homeowners throughout the time, uh, researching the uh, geographical area. Uh, Are there, you know, is there water? Could water be a cause of the paranormal or are they sitting on a bedrock of courts? Um, Mm -hmm. We go through, this is how in depth we go. Um, We look at uh, homes in the area. You know, are there any... Has there any, been any incidents of, you know, violent deaths or deaths of the area? You know, we, you know, there's a few hours prior to an investigation. Right. Eli's our research analyst and he's, I mean, he gets, <laughs> he gets down to the nitty gritty. He's, he's a, he's, a uh, he's actually a journalist. Oh. So he, uh, he, or he has a degree in journalism. He's a communication professor. Um. He uh, yeah, he dicks and we so there's a couple hours even before we even get to the house. And then um we're at the house typically average of six hours. Um in some cases like like for me, I live eastern Connecticut. I live almost in Rhode Island. Okay. And the last month or two we've had cases in um the other side of Connecticut. Oh. we just look, the one in um, Greenwich is that's a two and a half hour ride for me. Yeah. So they were been up since, you know, I'm leaving the house at two o'clock in the morning and I'm not gonna, you know, and I have to drive two and a half hours. It's, yeah. uh, you know, that's another thing people don't realize. Right. You know, we're, we're in the process of interviewing candidates or we've interviewed and we're bringing on cases and we're going through, Listen, you. If we bring you on, you are expected to drive an hour and a half to two hours a on different cases. And then there's times when, like the wind men, I drove ten minutes. You yeah. <laughs> know, it Which was awesome. awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, and and uh, it's it's really strange the way the paranormal is bouncing around. Um, 2021, we are e- primarily on eastern side of the state. Hmm um so far 2022 it seems like Fairfield county is blowing up um no idea um and so and and that's kind of how it goes we're every now and then we have a shoreline case not very often um almost never in northwest connecticut i don't know why um you know, now we're going to get five of them. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> <laughs> you said but, it. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I have that talent, too, of willing things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, sometimes it's a blessing and sometimes it's not. Um. But, yeah, so we're all over. We're all over the state New York. We've gone to Hudson, Rhode Island, and we've gone to, you know, parts of Rhode Island, parts of Massachusetts. Um, you yeah, know, we'll, we all go into New England. We've been asked to go to Texas, Ohio. Oh, wow. There's one now that want they want us to come to Queens, New York. Uh, we're not going just because I have no ambition to go to Queens, New York. Gotcha. Uh, and it's a three-hour ride, and usually we don't list it by any means. But if there's if it's more than a three-hour ride, we ask, "Hey, can you put us up for the night?" Because it's three-hour ride back after being. Investigating, right? Um, and most are—they um, uh, uh, don't mind doing it. Uh, but it's these. Um, this client probably couldn't do it, you know. And this is going back to the research. Eli does the research in the area, and we're like, "Well, prime rates are fifty percent in that area. I don't think we need to go." And, and, and he's right. There's probably other people that can go there that live closer. Are familiar with the area, you know, like we had to get out of Queens, I wouldn't know what way. Gotcha. Um, you know, so, you know, I, I don't think I could punch in DPS quick enough um, to get out of Queens. I, I'm not putting down Queens by any means, but this area was not in, uh, not in a particularly safe spot and there's no reason for us to go into an unsafe spot.
0: Fair. No, totally, totally, totally get that. You know, you don't want to jeopardize anybody's safety, so I get it. Right. Or... Um, particularly now, <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> has, there, has there ever been a time where you've been in an investigation and you've, you've encountered something that you felt as just like, you know, you are saying earlier, you're like, well, you're just maybe a little scared and you're like, wow, well, that's it. I'm done. Yeah. Yep. And there you have it. I loved my conversation with Chris. I can't thank Chris enough for all his time, his space, his energy be sure to check out the second half of this conversation through our Patreon. You can find out what Chris is up to at easternctparanormal.com and you can find them on Instagram at easternctparanormal as well. You know we started this podcast to help our global community with just shining a light on different perspectives and to add value to individuals no matter where they are on life's journey. This is a fully genuine from our heart project we want to make this podcast the best version of itself, if that makes sense. You can find more information about our Patreon in the description below. And thanks for wanting to help us out. Who knows, there may be even more projects on the horizon. You can find us on Instagram at itd_jcosta as well as on Twitter at ITD underscore And until next time, take care of one another and keep thinking for yourself.